is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning to you all uh, on this beautiful Sunday, and I hope you rejoice in the presence of God. And it is really wonderful to be part of this worshiping community and to be able to share with you the Word of God that we have in the Bible. And one of the things I really like when we come to worship God in the house of the Lord, that one of the songs I like is a song says, there is something today in the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord is where we worship, we pray, and we meet for prayers. And as Luke mentioned, um, we starting a new series, very short one, on Jesus meets. And we'll be looking into a situation in which Jesus has encountered with people and what happens when uh, people meet Jesus. And I think this is true. For me, when I, while we're reading and meditating on this, it became true to me, to my testimony, when I met Jesus 35 years ago. I was just a man, a boy that wanted to really join a group that were fighting. But when I met Jesus, uh, it was just a turning point in my life. And as I meditate on this, I just remember that moment. Without Jesus, I would have been somebody different now, dead or alive. But because of Jesus, we are here today. Now, the, 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 the situation we are looking at this morning is Jesus meets a man that has no name other than Legion. Jesus meets a name, and the Bible says Legion name. And we read this from Mark uh, chapter 5, as we read verses uh, 1 to 20. Now, this story confirms that whenever anybody meets Jesus, they will never be the same again after that. This is true to me and true to all of us who have met Jesus. Anyone who meets Jesus will never be the same after that. And this is a true story a true testimony of what um, Jesus really uh, does. And this man, as we will read now from the Bible, uh, is really one of the sad stories I read. When I read this, and I remember when I became a Christian, I was in a situation when I started ministry. I started in a situation of which so many people were possessed by demons, I had seen so many people being prayed by God in the name of Jesus from demons, from the bondage of evil spirits, seeing somebody who is dead and now is alive in just a few minutes is just amazing. And Jesus does it here. Now, one of the things I also need to remember uh, to mention here is that when Jesus met this man, his situation was not really good. I can call him a dead man, at least in the eye of the society. And now, the Bible says in Mark chapter 5 that when Jesus was coming from the boat, as we read from verse 1, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gesserines. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with unclean spirit. He lived among tombs. 
and no one could find him anymore, not even with the chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, he, but he ranged them, the chain, apart and broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him, night and day, among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with his stones. This is the situation he's in. So he's a man who is left to die, simply because people wanted to keep him in captivity. But now he's left to live among the dead. And the fact that he's crying, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us what he was crying for, but maybe he was crying for help. Or maybe he was crying to say that I want to die. Or maybe saying that those who are in this grave are my friends. I'm dead anymore, anyway. And now we see, we'll see now in, in the other verses that the name is known to be Legion Man. And this is not his name. But because he is possessed by evil spirits, his name is stolen, his identity is stolen, and he's not himself. So the demons now are the ones speaking on behalf of him because they control him, and they lead him to hurt himself. Now, when we read this legion, which sometimes people think maybe this is his name, this legion is just a name, it's just a military a term that refers to, by that time, to the largest Roman uh, units, about 5,000 or more or less. So it's just a military name, but this military of demons possess one person, and that's why he's not able to be, to be kept in captivity. He has power to break all the chains and just leave in tombs and hurt himself. Now, this is not the only time the Bible refers to legions. We have another situation where Jesus referred to legions, but this time talking about angels. You remember in, in Matthew chapter 26, uh, tells us about when Jesus was arrested and Peter reacted in violence using his sword. So Jesus said no. He put back the heirs of the, one of the mob that was uh, about to arrest Jesus. And he tells Jesus in chapter 26, verse 53, that we don't need this. If we would have need this, God would have sent legions, 12 legions of angels. And this time, if 12 legions, there could be like 60,000 angels to help. But he was telling, the number here is not important, but he was telling Peter that we don't need this. This is not we, we react to this situation. Now, let's just look carefully to the situation of the man. First of all, the state of this man is really very devastating. It's very sad. And it's very sad, especially, we still have this kind of situation in our lives today. 
the Bible says that this man, he is now possessed by evil spirit. He's possessed. He's controlled. He has no choice. He has no freedom. He would have not said that, I want to do this. He, he's not himself. His life is stolen from him. And they lead him to hurt himself with his stones, living in tombs, in graveyard, with dead people. He's possessed, and being possessed means being controlled. You have no choice. You do things that you don't want to do. And this is also could be true in cases of addiction. When somebody is addicted to something, you have no choice. Your freedom is stolen from you. He's also alone. Self-isolation, you remember this, right? Self-isolation. Now, he's self-isolated from the rest of humanity. Alone, not even at home, but among the dead. Isolated from other people. He's also has self-destruction. He's self-destructive, hurting himself. He, he, want, he didn't want to hurt himself, but the forces of the evil that is in him force him to hurt himself with his stones, crying. He is killing himself. He also has a superman power, superman strength. He, broke, he breaks all the chain. People tried to subdue him, but they couldn't because he has forces leading him to do this. He's also, um, he's also abandoned. He's left to die. The fact that Jesus sent him at the end to go to his friends and his family indicates that his friends, his family, the society, and everybody thinks that this person just is waiting to die. He's waiting to die, basically. And he's dead almost already because he's left with the dead. He's alone. Isolation again. He's abandoned. No one cares about him anymore. And maybe in this situation, other cultures, sometimes even his parents, if they have other children, they would be ashamed to, to consider him one of their children because he's dead anyway. And in this situation, it, is, it would be a situation in which everybody would have known about him anyway in the society. So he's dead. The other thing that has happened also, he lost control of his attitudes. He hurts himself, but he doesn't want to do that. He lost control of himself. He's not himself. He has no free will. He just wants to, to do what the evil spirits are telling him. He becomes a danger to himself and to other people. He's hurting himself, and definitely he would hurt somebody else. You know, sometimes when we talk about uh, cases of mental health, it is, it's understood differently in many parts of the world. You know, for example, where I come from, we, we never talk about mental health, because mental health means somebody who is crazy, who is like this man, and it is always bad. But people talk about psychological problems to make it easier. But for this man, he's just 
He's not himself. He's dead. He's not there. And I hope if, for example, people would be called to, to elections, he would have not been called to elections. He's not expected to register anyway to vote. He's not there. He's dead in the eyes of the society. Now, the other thing that is important is also he has no self-respect. He has no shame anymore. The fact that he's naked has no shame. He doesn't know who he is. He just lost um, self, uh, self, self um, confidence. He doesn't know who he is. And that's why the demons speak on behalf of him. What is your name? They said legions, because we are many. So controlling him, representing him, because he's not there anymore. Now, let's see how Jesus deals with him. Now, we know from this reading that Jesus now, the first priority is to help this person to become well, to heal him, to deliver him, to make him restoring his life again, his freedom. And now we see from verse 6, when we read Mark chapter 5, that when he saw Jesus, when he said, we are legions, and all this. Now, I just want to continue reading from verse 15. What happens here is really interesting. And before we read this, we can see now that this man is a dead person. There's no hope. People think he's incurable. No one can help him. That's it. And people don't think at all that it, it can be helped. But let's see from verse 6. The Bible says that, and when he saw Jesus from far, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I tell you, by God, do not torment me, for he was crying. He was saying to him, sorry, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus asked him, what's your name? He replied, he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now you see the contradiction. He replies, but not actually him talking. You know? So he's controlled. He has no choice. From verse 15, and when they came, now after he's met free, he's delivered, and, and people who were there ran to the countryside, and people came to see what happened. And when they came to Jesus, and saw the, the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, closed in the right, right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen, those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the figs. And they began to beg Jesus 
to depart from their region. Now they have seen the man. So what happened now? First of all, because of this encounter with Jesus, even though we know his situation now, the first thing that happens, he's healed. He restores his life again. He restores his freedom, himself, his name, his identity. He's healed. The second thing, he's changed. The fact that he's sitting there, calm, dressed. When people came to see what happened, that's what they see. He's, he's a different man now. He's healed, he's changed. He's come, but he's also commissioned with a mission. And Jesus immediately uh, asked him to go for a mission because when he became well, when he restored his life again, he asked Jesus, I want to go with you, wherever you go. Now, Jesus says, no, you are not coming with me. Go back to your friends, to your family, and tell them what has happened to you which means go and share your testimony with them. Tell them that you were dead, but now you are alive. And that's why the Bible says that uh, Jesus tells him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has been, had been merciful on you. And he went away. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everybody marveled. Everybody amazed. Wow. This is the dead man. He's well. The dead man is a missionary. The dead man is not dead anymore. So first, Jesus asked him not to come with him. Secondly, sent him for a mission to go back to testify to his friend and his family. And sometimes we, we are surprised, like, why Jesus does this? First of all, he wants him to learn obedience to the word of Jesus. No. Go to your family. Tell them. Obedience. That's the first lesson to learn after he's, he become well. Secondly, Jesus wants him to restore his relationship. The fact that he sent to his friends and his family because they rejected him. They abandoned him. Now Jesus is telling him, go back and restore your relationships. Tell them that now you are a human being who can be one of the family members. Jesus also wants him to remember this mercy and share his testimony with other people. And he also wants him to, to be missionary, to spread the gospel in the Capolis region, in Gerasenes region. In that region, go and testify and the Bible says that when he began to do that, everybody was amazed. <laughs> I wish sometimes to hear like what he was telling people. 
We don't know because the Bible is not mentioning. But definitely sharing his testimony. Sharing his testimony. Who say, I am the one who was dead there. That's where I used to live. But Jesus came and now this is me. And everybody was amazed like, wow. And that's the fact that, you know, they were afraid not because of the man, but they were afraid of Jesus. So I think they thought like, if this man would remain here for one day, we don't know what the next thing would happen. <laughs> you know, they asked Jesus, they begged Jesus, could you leave, please? Could you leave our region? We cannot have you anymore. We don't even know, we don't understand what you're doing. Leave. Begging him to leave. Now, how do we understand this today? What does it mean for us as a church? We have to remember, first of all, that this man represents so many thousands, hundreds of people in our society, in the world. The issue of evil spirits possessing people, controlling people, is something familiar. And we have so many people like this. But evil spirits are not only the problem. There are other problems in our society. We have addictions. We have violence. We have all these things that control people and, and steal their identities, their names. People do things that they should not do, but they have no choice. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Jesus, the son of the living God. That's the solution for this man. And for so many people we have seen in our lives. So we have to remember that Jesus came here, and this is our mission today, as a church, as Christian believers. He came to do the will of God and to become our substitute. He came to make it happen for us so that we are free and sent. He came to save his people from their sins. That's our mission. He came to, to bind and help the brokenhearted. That's our mission. He came to set free the captive. That's our mission today. He came to restore what is taken away. That's our mission today. He came to make things well and make them happen for people. Now, when we look around, even if you come to this building during the week, you will find that we have so many people who need Jesus. People who are suffering from violence, from loneliness, from sickness, from poverty, from high living crisis, from hatred, racism, and from persecution in the world today. The only thing they need is Jesus. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. Jesus restores lives. Jesus restores relationships. Jesus is the solution that we need all the time. A um, few years ago, I was, um, many years ago, uh, I was a youth pastor in one of the churches in Sudan, and it happens that there was a family in Khartoum who were suffering with these issues of being controlled 
by demons and evil spirits. It was very famous. Everyone knows about this in, in the nation of Sudan. So it happened that our pastor, myself, and Teresa, and some other youth leaders sent us to, to investigate what is happening with this family. We went there. We realized the situation was really bad. So it happened that their house was burning with no reason, with no fire. They had children, five children. One of them was admitted to hospital because uh, he was burned with hot water. It was just a situation, uh, and they were isolated because no one goes to their house. Because if you go to their house, you might be burned or something. So when we went there, we realized that it was a very bad situation. But because that's where I was born, we understand this situation. And we knew immediately they, they need Jesus. We asked the dad and mom, would you like to give your life to Jesus? They said yes. They give their life to Jesus. And that demons and evil spirit never disturbed them again. And mom, who was literate, didn't know to read any language. So it was just every night God would give her a song in her mother tongue. And in the morning, she would ask her younger brother to write the song. And the next Sunday, it would be taught in the church. Now we have a hymnal, about 50% of this hymnal was composed by this lady. And she didn't go to any school. So Jesus saves. Jesus is alive. The name of Jesus is the name that is above all names. That every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know what? We have Jesus. We have Jesus. You remember Acts chapter 3, right? James and Peter going to the temple. And a man baking all the time there. He expected them to give money. They tell him, we don't have money or gold. What we have is better than gold and money. <laughs> That's Jesus, the son of the living God. And in the name of Jesus, wake up. And the man woke up and went to the temple. Everybody was, this is the man. This is the man who was baking. So brothers and sisters, we have Jesus. We have the authority. We just need to believe and use this authority in Jesus' name, and it will happen. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you that you have helped us to restore our lives, our names, our identity, and our freedom. Father God, this morning, we thank you that you resent us to help other people to be released from captivity in Jesus' name. Help us, Father God, to have this boldness and courage to do so in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.